This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. And good morning, Detroit. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. I want to thank you for tuning in. It's going to be a wonderful show. And listen, if you uh, picked up the show by accident, I want to encourage you, don't touch that dial. The Spirit of God has a plan for you, and He wants to minister to you by the Holy Ghost. I just feel the presence of God as I speak right now. If there's somebody you're listening, and you've been asking God to speak to you, a word of direction, uh, a word of clarity, I believe right now that the Spirit of God is going to minister that word to you. You know, God has a way of leading us by His Spirit. And we're going to talk about that tonight on the broadcast. And I'm going to show and share with you principles about being led of the Holy Ghost and putting yourself under the leadership of the Spirit and making your spirit sensitive to follow God. Uh, That's one of the most chief things about being born again. And one of the things that God wants you to have is the leadership of the Spirit. That's why it's important to come into the family of God. One thing that the world does not have is the unlimited leadership of God in their life because they have not come in the door through Christ Jesus. And so if you're listening tonight and you want to touch from Jesus, if you want hope and peace and joy in your life, friend, I want you to turn to God and give your heart to him and listen to this broadcast because at the end of the broadcast, I want to pray for you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior so you can come under the umbrella of the Holy Ghost. I want to remind those that are tuning in, that uh, we're a listener-supported broadcast. So if you want to support us as we go forward to preach the gospel, I want you to go ahead and visit www.chrispalmerministries.com or if you want to uh, write to us, it's P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. We're in the process of uh, doing some new things for our ministry. Uh, I've told this several times on the broadcast is that Our book is getting ready to come out closer and closer by the day. We just had to make sure everything's right. (laughs) A lot of times, people, when you do a book, it is a tremendous process that's involved in it if you want to do it right. We here at the ministry believe in doing everything with excellence. We have a standard of excellence that we operate by, and it's a very high standard of excellence. And so we just wanted to make sure that all of our books that we put out, things that we do, are uh, up to that. And uh, so we're getting to that point. So you can expect the book in the fall for sure. And then after we um, have the book out, I'm going to teach the book. And so that will make several services available where you can come and meet me. You know, I have some people, they write and they say, we want to meet you, Brother Palmer. And I say, well, I want to meet you too. And so when I teach the book, it'll be a, a course that I teach and it'll be a couple weeks long. And uh, so that will be uh, planned as soon as the book comes out. And that will, uh, you know, be a blessing. There's no registration for it, so you just come, pick up the book, and uh, I'll start teaching it to you. And it will really drive you um, into a place of maturity in your walk with the Lord. One of the things that God has commanded me to do as a minister of Christ is to teach people how to mature in the things of God. You know, it says in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12, When the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the principles and the oracles of God. It says uh, 
but strong meat belongs to them that are full of age even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil and in order to do that and to walk in maturity you need someone to lead and help you in that and so one of the fruits of my ministry is that I get to play a part in the development of believers to be led of the spirit to understand the word of God more clearly and to mature and strengthen them in the faith this book that I wrote is entitled the believers journey God's path of transformation a comprehensive guide to the born-again spirit-filled life and uh, it goes over the depth of the basics that we have in Christ being born again following the leadership of the spirit it's going to give you a whole new way I don't want to say a new way because it's it's not anything unconventional but at the same time it's going to go a few notches deeper in explaining it to you so when that course comes out and uh, we'll take you through it it'll be four or five weeks maybe six and then uh, we're planning on having another supernatural after that and so we have some good things coming in the fall and so we appreciate your partnership uh, we want to launch a new website and do other things uh, so we appreciate your partnership uh, we're a partnership supported ministry so if you want to support us write us P.O. Box 403 Wald Lake Michigan 48390 and I believe that when you sow into Chris Palmer Ministries and you sow into this ministry that uh, it's good ground that will come back to you like Jesus said good measure pressed down shaken together running over and uh, you know Paul said in, in Philippians chapter 4 he says that uh, in verse number 14, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. For in Thessalonica you sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire that fruit may abound into your account. I have all in abound, I, I, I am full. And it says, Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing unto God. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We want to encourage you that this ministry desires that fruit abounds into your account. So if you feel the prompting of the Holy Ghost to give to this ministry, we receive it and we thank you for it. Also, we want to let you know that we have a free podcast for you, Chris Palmer, or On the Road with Chris Palmer. You can find that on the iStore, and all of our uh, shows are updated. Also, we're on radio in Boston, AM 590 WEZE, on Tuesday nights at 7.30 p.m. And if you use the TuneIn Radio app, which is available, I believe, on Android and your iPhone, you can find us as well. Let me pray, and we'll get into what the Spirit of God has for us tonight. Father, we thank you, and we praise you for your word. I pray tonight in the name of Jesus. That every person that's connected their faith, every person, Father, that is listening by radio, I pray that the power of God would minister specifically into the need that they have. In the name of Jesus, I break the power of addiction. I break the power of obsession. If somebody you're listening right now, you have an obsession in your mind. Every time you go to pray, you have these certain thoughts that act as a, a, a shield that shields God's word from getting into your heart. It acts as a wall, a barrier that prevents the word of God from getting into your heart. In the name of Jesus, I pray deliverance over these things that are keeping you from accessing heaven. 
in hearing the voice of God. I break the power of that obsession over you now. And I just pray that the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ would get into your heart and fill your spirit with light and understanding from heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, we take authority over every religious spirit, over every religious mind. And I pray tonight your word would penetrate past religion and that there would be an authentic development in Christ beyond the exteriors of religion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tonight we're going to continue to talk about praying in tongues or praying in the Holy Ghost. We talked about last week on the broadcast how God reveals things unto us who are born again by His Spirit. And I talked about how we've received not information and understanding that the world's received. Because if the world knew it, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord Jesus because they would have understood who He was. But when we are born again, we receive the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost begins to lead, lead us and guide us into all truth. And that's the truth that comes from the Word of God. And He becomes our master teacher, our sacred tutor, and our helpful instructor. I want to read to you what it says in Mark chapter 4 and verse 11. This is Jesus' teaching. And I'll begin at Mark, actually, verse number 1. It says, And Jesus began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into the ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea <coughs> on the land. And in verse 2 it says, And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine. Jesus had a doctrine. And Jesus had a formative way of thinking. And he spent a lot of his time teaching. The trifold ministry of Jesus is preaching, teaching, and healing the sick. There are a lot of ministries that go beyond those certain things into things that are a little bit bizarre. And I don't talk about those things. I stay focused on the ministry of Jesus and the ministry of the disciples, teaching, preaching, and healing, and that includes deliverance, deliverance from demon powers. I don't believe in excesses. And so it says here in verse, after he got uh, done teaching, in verse number 10 it says, And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked him of the parable that he spoke. And Jesus said concerning the parable that he just got done teaching the multitude, which was the sower that sowed the word. He said unto you, it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. Now, this is interesting. Because when Jesus brings up the word parable, he's saying that, for you, as a believer, it's given to know, it's given to know. But for the people that it's not given to know, that's why he taught in parables. Well, the word there, parable, uh, in the Greek, simplifies a knot. The word parable is talking about a knot, something that's tangled up. When you look at a knot, I remember when I was a kid... And I had, you know, a knot in my shoe. I'd always go to my teacher and ask her to get the knot out. It was difficult for me to get it out, and I couldn't stand Nobody likes playing around with knots. I, you know, I'm a fisherman. And as a fisherman, you're always looking for the best knot to use on your lures. And I like the knots that are impossible to get out because then you're not going to lose your lure when you cast it out. Well, 
knots are supposed to be hard to untangle. And Jesus is saying that he was teaching his parables or teaching his he put his teachings in the form of parables and the Greek word is knots. So he was tying his teachings in a knot so that people couldn't understand it. Why was he doing this? You know, some people think that a parable was given as a way of bringing forth truth, illustrating the truth. But that's not what Jesus was saying here in Mark chapter 4. He was saying that unto them that are without or no understanding, all these things are taught in parables. Jesus, well, and, and then he says here in verse number 12, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand. So he was giving the parables as a way of hiding truth from the people that were listening. Why was he doing this? Well, it's very simple. Jesus <clears throat> was consistently followed by religious leaders that were telling him that his teachings and that his actions and that his healings were done under the influence of demons. Jesus told them and warned them that this was blaspheming the Holy Spirit to attribute his works to the works of the devil. To attribute the works of the Holy Ghost to the works of demon spirits. You've got to be very careful in judging spiritual things. When you're not careful, the Holy Spirit will lock you out of things so you don't further abuse his reputation. And, you know, the Spirit of God has a way of protecting his reputation. That is, he hides things from people. And he blinds people from spiritual truth. You start putting your mouth and judging spiritual truth before you have an understanding of it and you get it wrong, he's the only got but one choice and that is to protect his reputation so you don't further damage things and he locks you out from understanding those things. And there's a judgment to the religious leaders Jesus taught in parables so that he would take truth and hide it from those people that attribute it to the works of the devil and he would make it available to the people that were open to the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Now, he says here in verse number 11, unto you it's given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Well, the word there, mystery, is mysterion, hidden forces that accelerate the kingdom of God. Hidden knowledge, hidden truth that accelerates the, ki the kingdom of God. But it's not hid it's only hidden until it's revealed. So when he said it's given for you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, it wasn't always meant for it to stay a mystery. The minute that the mystery is revealed, okay, it's made plain and it's no longer hidden. Pretty simple. Well, listen to what it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 2. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God. Now, I want to make a point to say that the word unknown tongue in 1 Corinthians 14.2 is the Greek word glossolalia. This is not talking about speaking in a different earthly language unknown to a person that hasn't learned it. This is talking about a divine language, a babbling, a strange speech, unknown, unearthly. And he says, For no man understands him, how be it in the spirit 
this person is speaking out mysteries. Well, the word here in 1 Corinthians 14.4 for mysteries is the word mysterion. So, when you pray in the Holy Ghost and you're speaking in an unknown tongue, whether in private or in public, and it's unknown to you in private what you're speaking, you are speaking out mysterion, hidden forces that accelerate the kingdom of God. So, <clears throat> when you're speaking those things out, you're speaking out things that are hidden to mankind, hidden from the world, but they're, re they're, they're known to God. Look what it says here. It says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. But look what it says in verse number 2. It says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh unto God. So when you pray in tongues, when you're by, in, in, in the private place praying in the Holy Ghost, you're not praying, okay, uh, but unto God. You know, a lot of times people think when they pray in tongues <clears throat> that they're talking to the devil. But it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2 that when you pray in tongues, you're talking unto God. This is a fellowship that goes on between you and between the Father. And when you pray in tongues, it says that you edify yourself. The word edify really means in its most uh, basic definition is to teach. That's what edification is. Edification means to teach and it means to instruct. When you pray in tongues, there is a teaching that is taking place. It's not, and we're going to see in just a second, it's not the whole uh, circuit of teaching. It doesn't encompass the whole process of teaching. It's part of the process of teaching when you pray in tongues. You begin the edification process because you are praying out mysteries or mysterion or you are praying out teachings in the form of a knot. Things that need to be untangled. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're praying out those things that pertain to the kingdom of God. That is means that it's equivalent. You know, some people say, oh, Brother Palmer, if I could just go back 2,000 years ago and live in Judea and Galilee and follow Jesus and sit next to him while he taught. And if I could just get on the Mount of Olives to hear the Sermon on the Mount, or go upon the Mount of Transfiguration, or go into the Garden of Gethsemane to hear what he prayed, if I could just do that, I would be so much better. Things would be so much easier. Well, listen, a lot of the people that heard Jesus didn't understand what he was saying. And they had him in the flesh right next to him. Because what he said was mysterion. It was not revealed to them. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, guess what the content of what you're saying includes? It includes everything that Jesus taught when he was on the mountainside. It includes everything that Jesus was trying to get over to his disciples because the same spirit that is supplying your spirit with the words to pray is the same spirit that was upon Jesus teaching them things pertaining to the kingdom. And when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're praying out mysterion, the same thing that Jesus was praying, the same, you're praying out in an unknown tongue, the things or content that Jesus was giving his disciples when he walked the earth. That means that when you go in your bedroom and you shut yourself in your quiet place and you start praying in tongues, you are giving yourself a sermon on the mount. Yes, but Brother Palmer, I don't understand what I'm saying. Neither did most of his disciples. 
It remained a mystery. It remained a knot. It remained something that had to be untangled. But guess who is going to come along for you and start doing the untangling? Let me show you. See, when, you, when, when the religious leaders blaspheme the Holy Ghost, Jesus tied his teachings in a knot that only the Holy Ghost could untangle. So when they made known that they didn't want anything to do with the Spirit of God, the judgment upon them was not necessarily that Jesus hid the teachings. The judgment was that they didn't have anybody now to partner with them to untangle the teachings. When you pray in the Spirit and you pray in the Holy Ghost, you pray out knots. But because the Spirit of God is with you, He's going to make it a point to start untangling those knots. And you're going to start seeing that when you pray in tongues, all this Bible that you complain that's hard for you to understand. Oh, I don't understand what this Bible means. What did Jesus mean in this? What did Jesus mean in that? It's all a big knot. But when the, the more you pray in tongues, the more of this word, the more of this truth is going to be revealed to you. Let me show you. Here you have Peter, who is an ordinary fisherman. In Acts chapter 2 it says, And they, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord, in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's drop down here. And then it says, Others mocking, in verse number 13, said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, said unto them, You men of Judea, and all that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it's the third hour of the day. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then it says in verse number 19, uh, all the way through verses number uh, let's see here. There's a lot of verses. Verses number uh, 36. Peter starts giving an exposition of the Old Testament. Peter didn't have this knowledge previous. How would he know? Peter was one of the most ignorant disciples that walked with Jesus, always opening up his mouth at the wrong time. <clears throat> but all of a sudden he gets full of the Holy Ghost, speaks in tongues, and then it seems like as an interpretation comes or an explanation, or something that gives uh, or makes sense of what's going on. And Peter receives supernatural understanding from the Holy Ghost, and he explains to the men of Judea and the men of Jerusalem that were mockers standing by mocking what this is. Where did that knowledge came from? It came from the Holy Spirit, the exact one that was the source of the revelation knowledge, the one who was the source of their understanding, and the one that was supplying to them the tongues where they were speaking. The tongues that they spoke didn't go as unfruitful. It produced and yielded revelation knowledge, and Peter spoke that revelation knowledge. And the Bible says that after this, it says that they gladly received his word and were baptized, and the same were added unto them about 3,000 souls. The result of the power of the Holy Ghost coming over Peter, and the result of his preaching, produced 3,000 people. 
There's something about praying in other tongues that will cause your life, that will cause your ministry to be fruitful. When you get full of the Holy Ghost and you get baptized in the Spirit and you start praying in other tongues, there is going to be a power and an authority that comes over you because power and authority always follows understanding and revelation. And I say that a lot. But that's the truth. There was one particular minister I heard preaching. <clears throat> and he was apologizing on the to Christians for Pentecostal Christians for suggesting that when you're baptized in the Spirit and you speak in tongues that you've received, and in his words, more of God than when you get born again. Well, let me just say it plain and frank. That when you get born again, there's more of God that he wants you to receive. I'm sorry to say it to you. Well, Brother Palmer, are you saying we're not saved? No, I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm saying get everything that Jesus provided for you and get filled with the Holy Ghost and get the evidence of speaking in tongues in your life. That's the fullness of what he paid for you to receive. I don't make apologies. Are you telling me, Brother Palmer, everywhere you go you preach tongues? Yes, I absolutely do preach tongues. Why? Do you want to be like the disciples? Yeah. Well, they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. They were full of the Spirit. Acts chapter 10. Peter goes to Cornelius' house. Or, excuse me, Cornelius goes to seek out Peter. It says that when they were born again, it says they received the Holy Ghost and he heard them speak with other tongues. That's Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 19. Paul comes to Ephesus and says, asks them a question. He says, have you received since you believed? They said, received? We didn't even know that there was this Holy Spirit. And then the Bible says that they were baptized in the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues and after he laid hands on them and it says, and they prophesied. Acts 19.2, he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So the question is, after you have believed, have you received the Holy Ghost? And when you receive the Holy Ghost, in those examples, it says they see him speaking with other tongues. Oftentimes they prophesy. Well, that'll happen. When you prophesy, you're speaking in a known tongue by the Spirit. When you pray in tongues, you're speaking in an unknown tongue by the Spirit. But, when you pray in tongues, okay, in your private life, and you don't know what you're saying, you're speaking unto God, edifying or teaching yourself, mysterion, because it's not known to you. Okay? The word mysteries really means, as I said before, those things that, um, those plans of God, but it's the plan, it's plans of God. It also includes the hidden forces that accelerate the kingdom of God. You can find that in vines when you look up that word. But I want to go to Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, and I want to read this to you. Second Peter 1 verse 3. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. This knowledge of God is not just talking about any knowledge. It's talking about exact knowledge, precise knowledge. Knowledge that comes from God uh, by the Spirit. It's talking about the same knowledge and understanding that Paul revealed as his source in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, which we went over last week. 
according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him. I'll read this again. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Knowledge of Jesus Christ is the pipeline. It's the vessel, the vehicle, whereby we receive all things that pertain to life and all things that pertain unto godliness. When we pray in an unknown tongue, we pray in tongues. We begin to teach ourselves. And when we begin to teach ourselves, we'll start, we're going to see in a second, the end of that process, revelation comes forward. This revelation oftentimes has to do with Jesus. When we receive this revelation of Jesus, it launches in us everything that pertains to our life and to godliness. When it says everything that pertains to life, the word life here has to do with your personal life. Here is the issue and the challenge. When you open up the Bible and you're seeking God's plan for your life, you know, people, especially young people, they're seeking, who should I marry? What job should I take? What college should I go to? Where, where should I <clears throat> move to? What city should I live in? How many kids should I have? <clears throat> How long should I be at this job for? Where should I invest? Where should I put my money? All the things that we people think. And then when you get older, you have different questions. You know, at every phase of your life, there's always more to figuring out the will of God for your life. Well, this is the personal life that you have. When you pray in an unknown tongue, you are going to pray out the mysteries concerning, first of all, your own personal life. You're going to start teaching yourself those mysteries. What you should do. Where you should go. What... what you should involve yourself with, okay? Um, that is your personal life. The disadvantage that you have is that when you open up the Bible, all you're going to find is things that pertain to God's redemptive plan for mankind. From the time man fell all the way to the revelation where Jesus Christ comes back and sets up the new Jerusalem here on the earth. And we go into the next age, which the Bible doesn't reveal what that age uh has in it all we know is that there'll be age upon age upon age as god deals with his creation but what about this age well you don't open up the bible and ever find a book in there with your name on it i never opened up the bible and found the book of chris palmer <clears throat> likewise you didn't open up the bible and find the book of joe smith or whatever your name is you can't get personal custom fit instructions about every detail of your life in the Bible. But that's what you have praying in the Holy Ghost for. That's why God has given you the Spirit of God. Because listen, the same Holy Spirit that breathed life into every single word that's in this Bible is the same Spirit that is going to breathe life into your spirit. And His Word that's written in this Bible will become the Word of God for your life so you can know exactly what God has said for you to do. You know, just like there's a word for redemption, and God has encased it in an all-universal Bible, there is a word for your life that he wants to breathe in your spirit. 
and he wants it to be the infallible word of God for your life specifically. It won't contradict the Bible, but it will be divine instructions for your life. And the way that you can start accessing these instructions is you can start praying in the Spirit. When you start praying in the Spirit, you start praying out the very perfect will of God for your life personally. That's exciting to know. But you say, well, Brother Palmer, I'm going to sit there and pray in the Holy Ghost and pray in the Spirit for my life personally, but I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, you don't know what you're saying, but you're praying those things out, and God is going to start answering those for you. You're going to see how the process works in just a second, because what you pray out in a mystery will be revealed to you as revelation. You'll know. And it will begin to work together for your good. The Bible says we know all things work together for our good. To them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. But it also says. That he's given unto us through his knowledge. Those things that pertain unto godliness. Well. Godliness. Someone says well what's godliness brother Palmer. Well. It means being and acting like God. But how does that work. Well. Let me show you. There is a reason why we're godly. It says in 1 Corinthians 3 and. Uh. Verse 16, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. The mystery of godliness is what you start praying out when you pray in the Holy Ghost. You'll either pray out the perfect will of God for your life, or you'll pray out the mystery of godliness. Well, the mystery of godliness is not necessarily character. Or being godly, it's what took place for you to become like God or godly or to have the character and to have the same nature as God. God was manifest in the flesh. That came through Jesus Christ. That was uh, the Old Testament is a process of how that began to take place. Justified in the spirit. That talks about his work in hell. How God justified him. He was separated from God. And then after that separation, he was justified, declared not guilty. He paid the price of of sin for mankind he took upon him sin he was made sin he became the sacrifice of sin then he was justified he was seen of angels that was his mastery in the spirit realm which talks about that in colossians chapter 2 or, or, or colossians chapter 1 where it says he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly he was preached on into the Gentiles. This is the New Testament work of the book of Acts where Paul took the gospel to the Gentiles according to Galatians chapter 2 he was believed on in the world. This is the transaction of righteousness. Believing on Jesus Christ. And then he was received up into glory. This is the ascension. The state where he now remains. At the right hand of the Father on high. This, the mystery of godliness, includes all the components. The main components. That means the incarnation of Christ. The uh where Christ was raised up to where Christ his ascension into hell his work in hell it includes the preaching of the gospel it's all the redemptive plan of mankind you pray it out so you can become familiar with the gospel plan so that you can develop your doctrine the same way that Christ had developed his doctrine in Matthew chapter 4 you if you never had the chance to go to Bible college it's good you should go to, if you have the chance and you want to go I recommend it I went four years but at the same time, okay, there's a lot of people that don't have that privilege. But you don't, that doesn't lock you out to spiritual understanding. I went to Bible college with a lot of people that left Bible college more messed up than when they came. Because Bible college is not what grounds you in doctrine. What grounds you in doctrine is spiritual understanding. It's the Holy Ghost. 
when you pray out and you pray in tongues and pray in the Spirit, like it says in 1 Corinthians 14.4, you teach yourself aspects of your own life and aspects of redemption through Jesus Christ pertaining to the Old Testament and the New Testament. And these things go up as a mystery. And they begin as a mystery, but they're not intended to stay a mystery. They will begin to come back to you in the form of revelation knowledge and you'll have perfect understanding of those things that you prayed out in tongues just like the disciples received understanding later on when they inquired of Jesus concerning those things. We'll talk about it more when we get back after this break. Stay tuned. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I
Back here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast, we're talking about praying in the Holy Ghost. I want to encourage you that if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life, you're born again. I'm not saying that, you know, you're lost. That's not what I'm saying. Don't get me wrong. The baptism of the Holy Ghost uh, doesn't save you. Jesus Christ and his blood, his work on Calvary, your faith in that work of redemption saves you. The baptism of the Holy Ghost its purpose is not salvation. Its purpose is to empower you to be a witness of Jesus. And with that comes speaking in other tongues. And it's those tongues that provide to you the tutoring and the instruction and the perfect prayer that you need to uh, conduct your life as a believer inside of Jesus. And let's look here. We're talking about praying in tongues. How when you pray in the Spirit, it goes up as mysterion. But an actual transmission of revelation awaits us on the other side of praying in tongues. You see, the Holy Spirit has searched the deepest part of the mind of God and has searched the deepest parts of you. And so when you pray in tongues, He is taking what He's discovered inside of you and He's presenting it to God as your petition. Let me show you what I'm talking about here. Because people, when they pray in tongues, they just, there's different reasons why you pray in tongues. But let me show, well, let me back up. Let me show you something here in the book of John. Chapter 14. It says here, well, verse number 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. One of the challenges that Jesus had on the earth when he was teaching his disciples was twofold. Number one, it was that his disciples had not received a born-again, reborn spirit. Yes, they followed Jesus, but the work of redemption had not yet been done. And because it hadn't been done, they couldn't enter into receiving a spirit that could understand God. So a lot of the things that Jesus taught went over the disciples' head because they didn't have a spirit that could understand. They didn't have the mind of Christ just yet in that spirit or spiritual understanding of spiritual things where they could compare spiritual things with their spirit man. Um, and number two, because they didn't have that, the Holy Spirit... Uh, couldn't come over them in fullness to teach him those things. When Jesus died, the work was done. He came back to the earth, uh, or actually, and after he rose from the dead, he ascended to heaven, and then he sent the Holy Ghost to come back to the earth. Now listen, when the Spirit of God came back, his job was to take the memory, or out of the memory of everything that Jesus taught to his disciples, he would take those things, and he would bring those things to remembrance. All the stuff the disciples missed. Everything Jesus taught that they didn't understand. The Holy Spirit would call that to remembrance. And he would give to them a perfect 
understanding of the things that Jesus taught. Even if the disciples missed Jesus, what he was saying, nothing Jesus said ever returned void. Everything, every word the Messiah, the great master spoke, everything he said uh, produced and yielded fruit. And so the Holy Ghost came back and he reminded the disciples of what Jesus said and it produced fruit. And they received understanding of it, and people were saved, and the church expanded. Perfect example, Acts chapter 2. What I just read about how Peter received understanding from God. And he was able to uh, preach that first message, and 3,000 people were saved and born again at that moment. Because the Holy Spirit recalled to Peter's mind, supernaturally, what he had learned. And so... When you pray in tongues, one thing the Holy Ghost is going to do in the edification process is he's going to take the words that are in this Bible, the things that he spoke, and he's going to bring it back to you in the form of understanding so that you don't miss what's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the other Gospels. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Let me show you. Romans chapter 8. It says here, Romans 8 is a tremendous chapter in the Bible. It would probably be top 10 in a lot of people's opinions. Probably top 5 actually. Maybe top 3. And it says here in Romans chapter 8 and in verse number 26, Likewise the Spirit helps our infirmities. We don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us. Or he gets in there and he suffers with us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Groanings is a form of tongues. Verse number 27. He that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now this this is interesting. Because it says here that the Spirit of God, it says here in verse number 26 that the Spirit of God prays for us. And there is one that searches our hearts during this and knows what is the mind of the Spirit and he makes intercession for us according to the will of God. So the Spirit of God is doing the praying. And we're the ones whose hearts are being searched. And there's one that's doing the searching of the hearts. Three different people are involved in this process. But the question is, who's the one that's doing the searching of the hearts? Well, it says here in verse number 28 that the result of this, all things are going to work together for the good of them that love God and them who are called according to his purpose. We quote that verse a lot of times. But this verse is the result of the praying in verse number 26 and of the process of this praying in verse number 27. Well, who is the one when the Holy Spirit is praying for us? Who is the one that's searching our hearts? Well, look what it says here in verse number 34. It is Christ that died, yeah, rather that is risen again, who is at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. He is the one that is searching your heart. He is the one that's doing the interceding for you, why he searches your heart. So, when you pray in tongues, look what's happening. You're the one that's doing the praying. The Holy Ghost is the one that's supplying to you the prayer language. He's the one that's praying through you. 
And then you have Christ Jesus that's making the intercession for you. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, he provides to you the language and the understanding. You pray those things up before God. The Father hears what you're praying. He takes those prayers that you're praying in an unknown tongue. He searches out your heart, the deepest longings, the deepest groanings, the things in your heart that you're praying that are coming forth out of your heart in a language that you don't understand. He hears what you're saying. Jesus, who's at the right hand of God, he understands those things that you're saying, and he takes them back to you. He sends them back to you, not in the form of mysterion, but in the form of revelation. So those things that you prayed up in a mystery form, they come back to you answered in the form of revelation knowledge. And you now have received the answer to the things that you've been praying out for the last amount of time that you've been praying them out. He reveals back to you those mysterions. See, a lot of times when we pray in tongues, I'll give you an example. In my life, <clears throat> when I started praying in tongues, I'd pray sometimes four hours in tongues, five hours in tongues, six, eight hours in tongues. I prayed a lot. I prayed a lot of times in tongues, all the time. I'm always praying in the Holy Ghost. Always praying in tongues. But there are special times where I pray long hours in tongues. And in those times, most of the time, I don't know what I'm saying. But I notice that there is not long after times where I get in my Bible, when I start reading it, and revelation knowledge starts coming to me. I'll be reading my Bible, and the Lord starts speaking to me things about my ministry, things about my personal life, things about everything that He's called me to do. Well, What's going on? The Spirit of God spent time praying out through me in mystery form things that pertain to my life or things that pertain to the Word of God. And then those prayers go up before Jesus and He takes those prayers and sends them back to me in the form of revelation knowledge. And then when, it reve when it's revealed to me, I know the plan of God that He has for my life. And what that does is it builds me up. It creates in me power and creates in me authority. It eradicates the unbelief that's in my life. It overcomes the infirmities of my weakness and my flesh. It causes me to perfect myself in faith. Why? Because he's revealed to me everything I've been praying. It's no longer a natural understanding that teachers and great thinkers of the day could give to me. Or great doctors and PhDs could give to me. It is the understanding of God. I have, through praying in tongues, tapped the mind of God. And it launches great authority and great power in my life. That's the result of praying in tongues. And the result of praying in the Holy Ghost. Now there's times when you pray in tongues. And you're praying for someone that's in trouble and... I didn't talk about that use of tongues. There's different uses of tongues. But a lot of times when you pray in tongues, you're simply teaching yourself, edifying yourself, and the process has to take place. And the process goes forward. See, much of the intercessory work of Jesus includes Him revealing to us His mind through the Holy Ghost. Many of the answers, you see, friend, that you're looking for to prayer is not... We, you think it includes... God working on your behalf and doing something. You think it requires the hand of God. Most of the petitions we think require the answer to that petition would include the hand of God. But really, friend, 
A lot of the answers to prayer require the mind of God and the mouth of God. It's not The answer to prayer that we're looking for doesn't mean God doing something for us. It means God showing us something, giving to us a word, giving to us a revelation. And when you pray in the Spirit, He will always see to it that those prayers that you pray come back to you in the form of revelation knowledge, in the form of understanding so that you can be edified and you can be built up and perfected. Look at it like this. Every time you pray in tongues, you are laying a seed, sowing a seed. God is not going to allow one of those seeds to go unfruitful. It's a divine seed that you plant. It's a seed that you plant into the spirit realm. When you pray in tongues, those seeds get planted and God sees to it through the intercessory work of Jesus that those seeds come back with a harvest. And that harvest, the fruit that you receive from that, is revelation knowledge. And while there's seed, see a seed is a mystery. Go stick your hand in some seeds. Unless you're an expert, you're thinking to yourself, well, what is this seed going to be? And not until you receive the fruit of that seed is it no longer a mystery what that seed was. Your tongues that you lay as a mystery, you say, what am I going to receive as a result of laying out these tongues and praying in these tongues? And then when the fruit comes, you say, yeah, I remember I was praying in the Holy Ghost, and now I see what I was praying about. This is the answer to all those times I was praying in tongues. I remember one time where I had not done much particular praying before a meeting. Hadn't prayed much. Now, there are seasons of prayer. Thank God your fellowship with God is not limited to the cubicle hours that you spend in your prayer closet. Prayer, you never see Adam and Eve going in their prayer closet. They just had a continual commune before God. So now there's times where I lock myself in my prayer closet. But I'm not, if, if there's times where I'm, you know, when I'm traveling, I'm speaking, you know, I can't, I can't, uh, sometimes you just don't have the time to do that. Especially when you're doing meetings beginning you know, starting at the beginning of the day all the way to the middle of the night. I mean, you doing meetings all day long. You don't have the time. You're doing ministry sometimes. You can't pray, but you can always pray. Or you can't lock yourself in your closet, but you can always have that communion with God. Well, <clears throat> things had gotten so busy for me in ministry, I wasn't praying like I would say the way I had used to pray. Then I remember I got on an airplane. I was going to preach someplace, a, a week of meetings. And while I was on the plane, I started praying in tongues. And I could tell I was praying something out. Well, I got done praying several hours in tongues. And we went into those meetings and there was a new stream of revelation. Things I had never seen before from the Word of God. Things I had never preached before. Things that were having tremendous impact. Captivating the people that were listening. Then the power of God started showing up in those meetings. And people started getting healed of sicknesses and diseases. And it wasn't until I left those meetings and a couple weeks later it was on my mind. I said, God, what was, why did, where did that revelation knowledge come from? I hadn't given myself to much prayer before that. The Lord said, the harvest of revelation knowledge that you received in those meetings were not a result of the prayers that you were praying recently. 
you were yielding or receiving the yield of the fruit of the tongues that you had prayed over a year ago. I thought, wow. Oh, my gosh. God never allows your tongues that you pray for personal edification to go forth and not yield fruit. You might pray things out in the spirit today that might be revealed to you a year or two years from now. But you know that every time you pray in tongues, you are laying an investment. People that pray in the Holy Ghost have revelation. I can tell the difference when I when I uh, listen to a preacher that's preaching expository and preaching, you know, just the Bible without revelation. You can preach the Bible without revelation. You know that. You can preach the Bible for what it is at face value but not have tremendous spiritual insight. You just have book knowledge. You just have planning and, you know, knowledge that comes from uh, organizing information. But then there's people that have spiritual insight. And spiritual insight eclipses experiential insight. There's people that can speak from experience. Well, I remember going through this and how this worked and blah, blah, and that's good. But that does not take the place of spiritual insight. See, young preachers, they have limited hands at experiential insight because they haven't been through nothing. So they don't have experience. But the mistake that's made is overlooking young preachers for their spiritual insight. Because just like Samuel, he was a young child. He didn't have much experiential insight. But he had tremendous spiritual insight because he had the ear to hear the Lord. So you want to begin to develop yourself and spiritual insight. And the way that you do that is you pray in the Holy Ghost. I want to challenge you to pray in the Spirit. To make time for the Holy Ghost in your prayer. Let me pray for you today, friend. Father, I pray for every person. If you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost while you're listening, I'm going to pray a prayer for you. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. And then I just want you to pray in tongues when I'm done. Do it by faith. You may feel an unction in your belly. You may not. You may feel the Spirit of God move over you. You may not. Either way, by faith, when I'm done praying this prayer i want you to by faith just speak in an unknown tongue father in jesus name i thank you for every person listening to this broadcast thank you father for the baptism of the holy ghost i pray for every person listening that they would be baptized in the holy ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues to launch their life of power to launch them a life of authority to launch them into a life father god of revelation knowledge that they may be witnesses of you, that they may have the fire and the power of God. I just encourage you to pray this with me and say, Father, your word says that I can be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Baptize me in your fire. Baptize me in your power. Baptize me in the fullness of your spirit so I can be a witness and I can have my prayer language and I can do the works of you. I thank you for it now. I receive it now. I believe I have it. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, God loves you. Write me at info at chrispalmerministries.com. If you have any questions, you can go to www.chrispalmerministries.com or write to us P.O. Box 403, Wall Lake, Michigan, 48390. If you've never received Jesus Christ in your life, I want to pray with you right now. Father, I pray for every person listening. If you've never received Jesus and you want to know him as your Lord and Savior, say, Jesus, 
come into my heart. I believe you died and rose again. Save me from this darkness. Deliver me from sin. Deliver me from wickedness. I give my life to you. I surrender to you now. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for being raised again for me. And I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, friend. We'll be back next week on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast at 12.15 a.m. We'll see you then. Now that you've received the transforming truth of the Word of God, go deeper. Go to our website, chrispalmerministries.com, or log on to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Ministries. Then partner with Chris financially at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Walled Lake, Michigan, 48390. And tune in again every Saturday night at 1215 a.m. for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer on WMUZ, 103.5 FM, The Light.